Welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast, the only place on the internet where law enforcement and their families can come to be understood, supported, and stood up for. Here's your host, the always entertaining, down-to-earth, yet-in-your-face truth speaker and Leo herself, Autumn Schmidt. Chris, welcome to Sheepdog Nation podcast. We're really excited to have you here. I'm really excited to introduce you to all of Sheepdog Nation. Can you do me a favor and do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself? So thanks, Autumn, for having me on your podcast. I follow it quite religiously, so it's quite an honor to be on it. Uh, So a little bit about me. I grew up in Northern California. Uh, I left there when I was 14. Uh, Sailed around the world with my parents to the South Pacific and such, uh, and then ended up here in New Zealand, where a short time later, a couple years later, I joined the New Zealand police here uh so yeah so then i did a couple years on frontline uh, a couple years on traffic and then joined diplomatic protection which is our version of secret service so looked after uh the prime ministers some overseas diplomats uh was on the prime minister's team when vice uh, vice president biden uh was over here uh wow. last a couple years ago so yeah, um, so that was kind of me. And then earlier this year, I resigned from the New Zealand Police after going through some PTSD and depression uh, due to the job and some a lot of things that I saw and dealt with that we all deal with, uh, mm-hmm. which yeah, fucks us all up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, after kind of recovering from that uh, and a three-month stint in the States refining myself, I decided to uh, become a personal trainer. So now what I do is I do a lot of focusing on helping civilians uh, join the sheepdog family and uh, join the police and even military, fire, things like that if they need it, uh, but mostly focusing towards the police side because I know what it takes to do it. Absolutely. And I just want to say this too. And, and um, I just want to say that like I totally really, really, really admire and respect like the fact that you're willing to come on and be like, hey, you know, I did all this stuff and like it fucked me up because, you know, we as police officers, you know, we're not trained to like be normal and human and admit that shit, you know? And so it, it's really cool. It's really cool and admirable for you to be like, Hey, yeah, like I saw some shit fucked me up. Like I'll talk about it now, but <laughs> you know, so thank you. Thank you for being yeah. here. Well, thanks Autumn. Yeah. No, it, uh, that's one thing that I found was probably the worst thing that I could have done is not talked about it. And I did that. I went through it all twice while I was in the police. First time didn't talk about it at all. Best friend didn't even know about it. Uh, and I was seeing him at least over a couple of weeks. He's also in the job. And then I told him the second time about three years after the first time. And he was like, you did what you, why didn't you tell me? So it's, it's worse to not talk about it. Um, it just binds it all up and makes things even worse. So, I mean, we don't need that. You know, we're already under the, under, under the microscope so much anyways that, you know, little Absolutely. things can help. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for that. Cause it's, oh, it is so true. Isn't it? Man. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about it more, man. We, you know, yes, we need to be hard when we go to jobs and stuff like that. But as soon as we leave those jobs, we need to actually talk about the shit. I do. I do agree with that. And like, maybe not. I mean, I know they say humor is a coping mechanism. Um, to some extent, I do agree. But like, but then like, I don't know what your experience was, but I know my experience has been like, that's it. Like, that was the extent of it. Like, you know, we go to, I've been to like a horrific scene and like everyone's like, like trying to deal with it 
and they're like cracking jokes and I'm like super offended. I'm like, whoa, like I am not ready to just like make light of this. Like we need, can we talk about this? And nobody yeah. wants to talk about it. They're like, no, they don't. They just, tr- they crack some jokes and go, yep, cool. Okay. Yep. Our black humor has come out. Yep. That's why we have it. And then they move on from it and nobody actually deals with any of it. Mm. You, know, um, you know, a few of my jobs that kind of really fucked me up were talking, um, whereas advising jobs, one of them telling someone, my dad is my dad's age that, uh, his son had committed suicide while we were trying to find his son. Um, you know, watching someone my dad's age drop to his knees, it sticks mm-hmm. with you forever. And then also telling a, a wife and her daughter who was 16, telling the daughter was the worst part. Um, you know, the daughter mm-hmm. started blaming herself and it sticks with you. And then I never talked about it. And, you know, I just kind of went, oh, yeah, oh, it's just part of the job. And then, right. And it's like, <laughs> I'm, it's like, I'm not normal if I, oh my God, like, this is bothering me. I'm, I'm weak. Like, I'm well, not. Or, I'm not or you go, or you go to your colleagues. I want to talk. You start to talk to them about it. And then they take, and then they start to, what we call here, take the piss out of you. You know, mm-hmm. they start to make fun of you and, you know, then you become the joke and it's, and so you just hold it in and you don't talk about it. And um, in my opinion, it needs, it, that needs to change because it yeah. just creates, you know, more, more stress, more anxiety, more depression. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly like, that's exactly why my mission here at, you know, Sheep Nation. And as you know, you've listened to me, I talk about anything and everything and I, and I'm pretty in your face about it because because of that, because of that stigma, because of like, yeah, one of those times, I mean, hell, to be honest with you, you know, I had, I had to go see a fucking counselor when I was 10, eight, because nobody would talk to me about shit. Like, I'm like, yeah. I need to talk. <laughs> like, I'm emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having issues. Somebody yeah. fucking talk to me. And like, everyone was like, yeah, no, nothing then, wrong. You know? And then you, and then you, and then you come home and you know, you don't want to put the burden on your, on your partner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as well as mm-hmm. I don't want to tell my partner about the person that i picked up off the railroad tracks yeah no, no. <laughs> she doesn't need to know that Mm-mm. but then but then you're like who do i talk to because you can't mm-hmm. talk to your partner you can't talk to your colleagues so then you just stuff it in and yeah i think if we can if we can change that that mentality i think that um you know the those horrible numbers of officers taking their own lives being more than you know getting taken by the people who are trying to arrest mm-hmm. um, they can change so hopefully 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 we can do do well absolutely absolutely and so um you kind of just touched on it but i just i just want to ask you so was that like the most stressful situation you think that you dealt with like what, what would you consider so i'd say yeah so that was probably the final one i mean you know how it is in the police everything's very stressful um the most it was that and also I had a female partner of mine uh, who was in the job longer than I had been uh, get assaulted at a job. Mm-hmm. So the guy tried to run away and um, he, she tried to stop him from going out the front door and she got haymakered, um, oh, no. knocked her back. I chased him, sprayed him with OC spray and, you know, arrested him, caught him. But I took that one. That one was probably my turning point within the police a little bit. And that was probably one of the most stressful trying to deal with that. Um, it was, yeah, I took that quite, quite close to the heart. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, it's protect females, not mm-hmm. let them get assaulted or assault them myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'd say that was probably one of mine. And then those other two are probably the other 
yeah, those three would probably be all on par with themselves with the most stressful jobs that I went to within the police um, mm. and for my mental health. And, and like, so, so how did you deal with the stress? Like, let's talk about that. Like we obviously know it's a stressful job. You've had some stressful situations. How'd you deal with it? So those jobs at the time, I'd say I didn't. Um, at the time, I didn't really have any tools or anything that I knew how to use to, to deal with it. I mean, my coping mechanism was doing, which I've come to learn the actual name of it, but box breathing. Um, <laughs> so I used to do similar stuff like that, you know, the slow in through your nose, out through your mouth. Used to do that through all the years in fitness and that as well. Um, and even swimming and that when I was competitive when I was a kid. And so I used to do that a lot anytime I'd get in kind of stressful situations, just to kind of slow myself down. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then when I was in the police, my release was either going shooting, um, mm-hmm. to, you know, some range therapy, or I would, uh, just work on, I've got four, you know, always had four wheel drives. So I used to just do, do that. Mm. That's awesome. I love what I love is I love so much that, you know, you, you were able to find different things to you know, like occupy your mind and that you found things to, to do that, you know, didn't let you dwell on the job. I just think that so many times, you know, especially sheepdogs, you know, we just, we find a way to just, you know, we need to find a way to just not dwell. Right. So like, the thing is, is like having the hobbies and like, I know you're going to tell us obviously about your fitness journey and stuff like that, but like, you know, having the hobbies and having things to take your mind off of the shit for a while um, also I think is, is really beneficial. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, You know, I, like I said, I used to do, you know, work on my four wheel drive, things like that. The one thing that I think I could have worked on more is doing more things for myself mm. to help with the stress. Uh, the most important thing that I've come to find out after leaving the police and that is you have to do something for you every day, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's, you know, five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, half the day, a whole day on your, you know, on one of your rostered days off or on your days off, you have to do at least something for yourself. You know, even if it's five minutes of box breathing, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, if you don't, if you're not doing something for self, for yourself, then just everything becomes overwhelming and mm. you get a lot more. You're a lot more susceptible to stress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I love that and the box breathing, which I absolutely love because <laughs> um, Mark Devine talked about that on the podcast too. So <laughs> yeah, that's where I learned the name of it. I used to always, you know, even my clients now that I'm training to get into place, you know, after they'd run a you know, a mile and a half or a 2.4 K as we, as it is here, we, I'd always be like, okay, cool. In through your nose, out through your mouth, slow your breathing down. And until I listened to his podcast and then I was like, oh, it's box breathing. It's that's box exactly breathing. Yeah. Put a name on it now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's awesome. Um, okay. And so like, let me ask you this. So now that like, you're not in the, pol- like now that you're not there, like, do you find yourself more stressed, less stressed, and like, how do you deal with it? So I'm a lot less stressed because I make myself a lot less stressed. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that, yeah. So I, yeah, so like 
I find sometimes I'll find myself, you know, you feel like you're spinning like a Tasmanian devil or, you know, like a top and you're just like, and I go, okay, I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed here. Slow mm-hmm. myself down, take a few deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And then I go, okay, cool. Why did I get like that? And I try and change it because mm-hmm. if I get too overwhelmed and stressed for too long, you know, if I go like that for a couple of weeks, then I just plummet. And so mm-hmm. I keep myself not stressed. Uh, my coping mechanisms are a bit different now than they were within the police. But even in the police, I always, fitness was always my thing. If I could go get hot and sweaty and make myself tired physically, mm-hmm. I would release everything afterwards. You know, I'd feel so much better. And so that's my thing now as well as if I'm getting stressed, um, I do that. And like, what was your favorite, like, what's your favorite kind of workout to like relieve stress? Like, would you say it's a, like, and the reason why I'm asking you like that is because it's been a lot of different, there's been like a lot of different research and like a lot of different trains of thought. Like some people, some people talk about like, oh, I need to go and like, I need to lift weights and I need to pick things up and put them down, like heavy things. Other people are like, oh no, I need to like go run. And we have some people who enjoy like CrossFit, some people who enjoy like the hit running, um, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm just curious to see, Chris, what your favorite um, kind of workout is. My favorite kind of workout, it changes. Uh, so I do like to do kind of what would be called a hypertrophy type training. So you're kind of higher reps, so that 10 to, 10 to 12 reps, mm-hmm. heavy, and where I'll get the sweat going. Um, so one minute rests if you're doing that. Uh, yeah. So like, say like a workout would be, I'd even superset sometimes. So anything that's kind of that higher intensity, but not quite a CrossFit, uh, cause I've seen too many people get injured with CrossFit, but mm-hmm. CrossFit, that kind of style that, you know, that higher intensity type stuff, but then I'll also, sometimes I'll need to mix it up. And so then I do like my, what I do now is a lot of powerlifting type stuff. Um, just because with that high intensity stuff, I have been known to get a little injured over the years from um, going a little bit too hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. And so let me ask you this. You've, okay. So you've been, been around, you've seen some things, you've been a cop, you've done some really cool things while you've been a cop. Now, you, now you train cops to like get in, which I think is so badass, um, physically and mentally. Um, because you're a PT. I think that's so cool. I think that your story is really cool too. Um, can you like share a little bit about that? Can you, I don't think we touched on it, just how like, how you did say it, but can you just share a little bit with Sheepdog Nation? Like how like you went through a tough time and it was okay. Like you went and you like, you went and you went to the States and you took some time and you took some time to like find yourself. Can you like touch upon that? So I was probably in the place about three years and I went through, I started going through all my bit of PTSD type stuff, feeling alone, feeling anxiety. Um, and that, uh, it wasn't as bad back then, but it was more my wife who noticed it on me. She's like, you're completely different. So I actually sought help. It's one of the few that actually do. And so I went and went to the police counselor, went to a counselor and that, even though I knew that it could, you know, hinder me later on in my career, mm-hmm. but which is sad, but we can get on that later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so I went through stuff then, yep, and thought I dealt with it all. I uh, still had that thing of I wanted to run away. 
uh, I wanted to come back to the States. I didn't care if it was as a cop, if it was what I was wanting to come back to the States. And looking back, it was me wanting to run away. Mm. Uh, then about, what was it been about four years later, I, it all came back up, but this time with a vengeance because I hadn't actually dealt with it properly. Mm. So I, again, wife and I going through even more stuff, um, almost getting a divorce at the time. Mm. Uh, it was not that bad. And thank you for sharing that because I'm going to tell you how many cops, um, have gone through that. You know, I think we've, we all think that one, it'll never happen to us. And then two, when it does happen to us, like we just think we are so fucked up and, and we're the only ones and we just must be so fucked up. And, and the truth is, is like, no man, like we, we all go through shit. And like, so thank you for like just sharing and being so real yeah. cross because people need to hear this. You know, yeah. I mean, I'll be complete. You want to hear real. I got to a point at that second time that I almost cheated on my wife. Yeah. And I got to the point where I was in my head, I was sitting there looking at a girl talking to her and my wife knows all of this because I came to her literally like two days later and went, this happened. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at this girl. She was showing interest in me, not because I was a cop. She knew me kind of through some friends. And I was like, whoa, why am I having these thoughts? Why am I thinking like this is fully against my morals? And then the next thing was, yeah, it was counseling. And it was like, I need help. We need help. Something's going on. And I know so many cops that have given into that. They've gone down that road. And yeah, I know like when I first went to the counselor, the counselor turned to both my wife and I and went, most couples won't make it through this unless they're really strong and they're both wanting to make it through. Mm. And so that's something, you know, a lot of cops I know and sheepdogs, you know, not even just cops, but first responders in general Mm. and even military and that go through all that because it's somebody showing interest to them. But just remember the grass is greener as it looks greener on the other side, but it's same shit, different person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless you deal with your own shit, you're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to, it's going to be the same shit, different person, no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know, there are circumstances where, you know, it's not necessarily, but so yeah, so going on with my story. So we got counseling. I went to the counselor and the counselor turned to me after my, both my wife and I told what was going on. And she goes, you're burned out. You need a break from the police you need to um you need to step away for a little while because to refill your tank if you don't then you're just going to keep circling the drain um Mm -hmm. if not get worse you know become one of those stats uh she didn't say that but looking back on it that's what she kind of was insinuating uh i was so bad at that time that i i believe she hated cops and she was trying to get me to leave the police Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was trying to help me. And I thought, I thought she just hated cops. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month later, oh, well, by then, by the time we went to the States, um, a little bit later for a holiday, um, we had come up with a plan that I was going to take a couple months and come back to the States on my own and uh, just refine myself. So, yeah. you know, it was still bad enough by the time I left to go to the States that, um, I thought people were following me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I was back there in the States and for a holiday with my wife before I came back on my own. And I 
was driving to a friend's house and saw Tahoe driving behind me and I was like he's following me and I even pulled over to let him pass me to see if he was following me mm-hmm. so you know it can get that bad so yeah so I came back I did uh 8,000 U.S. miles started in my hometown of Redding uh Northern California and drove all the way to Houston going through Nevada Utah Colorado uh, all that mm-hmm. and then turned around and came back so I did a big circle um and yeah, so I refound myself, came back to New Zealand and was better, but not perfect. It's been a long road. It took, it's taken, I still have bad days as we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as many though. Mm-hmm. To your morals when you're, when you're in, know that sometimes you're going to be challenged. Um, and the biggest thing, and I was told it, and you'll all be told it at Academy or Police College, whichever one it's called, wherever you are, is do your own stuff and keep people that are outside of the police because mm. it keeps you real. Even if it comes down to being as blunt to them saying, look, I'm not at work. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, your first year, you're going to be ecstatic about it. I'm sure you were as well. Autumn. You're, mm-hmm. All you want to do is talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes best to actually not because general public civilians don't understand it. They think it's awesome. They think it's cool. But all they see is the glory. They don't see the the guts. Hundred <laughs> so, percent. Yeah. So keep it real. Keep friends outside of law enforcement, mm-hmm. as well as do something every day that's for yourself. That's not just surrounded around work. Mm. So that's kind yeah. of some of the things that I'd recommend that I didn't do enough of that I think um, will help. Um, and yeah, enjoy it. It's still fun. It's you know mm-hmm. and look after each other mm. we've lost that so much i mean i don't know about there in the states but i know here in new zealand in the last four or five years it has just gone in the toilet there is no camaraderie at all it is every man for himself which is uh, i know all my recruit all the people i'm training will be different they'll look after each other mm-hmm. but it's um it's yeah it's real bad mm-hmm. um so yeah look after each other help each other out yep absolutely things i preach all the time. Great advice. Um, and is there anything else that you would like to leave Sheepdog Nation with? Um, so, yeah, you know, if if you're needing help with that mental health side of things or anything, reach out. Mm. Don't be, don't be the, don't try and be RoboCop. Mm-hmm. We're not machines. We're humans. We're meant to have emotion. We're meant to have feelings. Use those on the street, man. They mm. saved my life when I did use them so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had, I have colleagues of mine that have, you know, they've had to spray people. They've had to over here. We don't have to, you know, we don't draw our guns quite as often, but they've, they've had to draw their gun when they've had it on them and stuff like that. And everybody's like, why did you only, how did you only spray one person in seven years? And it's because I use my mouth and my intuition. Mm-hmm. So, um, be smart, be humble. And yeah, if you need help, look you know seek it out um i'm here autumn's here we've all been there we've done it and we're willing to help you know um and yeah just seek help is the biggest thing because we'll all you'll all go through it you'll go through it one day or another whether you know it or not yeah thank you chris it's huge and yeah, thank you for being you know so humble about that and sheepdogs like seriously like take us up on it you know take take us up on it and you know, cause I know there's some people listening to this and some of you are going, I'm not fucking soft. They're fucking soft. What's wrong with them? Right. <laughs> and, and maybe, I used maybe, to be that person. <laughs> mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. I, I totally was. It's like, the fuck is wrong with them? Like, you know, a bunch of babies. But no, like once, you know, truly the shit compounds over time. And I think that, you know, we have to be this person when we're on duty and we, even when we're off duty, you know, we come home and we still need to be Superman or Superwoman. And, um, but who, you know, who's that going to be to us? Who's our Superman and our Superwoman? Like we, we need someone to lean on too, you know? And so um, reach out, even if you just want to talk and um, to either one of us and, and Chris is, um, has a really good program. You know, he's a PT. He helps people like de-stress through moving. And we, Chris and I've had multiple conversations around this about, you know, when you heard him today. So make sure you reach out all of his contact information. You're going to be able to get a hold of him. It's going to be below in the um, show notes. But Chris, if you'd like to share where, how people can get a hold of you. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well, as well as I've got a website. It's uh, it's knocking demon fitness. Uh, dot co dot nz um so yeah so that knocking demon is the just so you know it's it's nothing to do with satanic or anything like that it's it's the demon for me i call i put a label on that depression the, the anxiety in that it's the demon he's knocking at my door or he's sitting there waiting to try and knock the fucker in mm-hmm. so you know I, I do everything i can to strengthen that door so that demon doesn't get through that door perfect well, thank you so much, Chris, and we will be putting all of your handles and um, below in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciated it. I loved how honest you were, and I think a lot of sheepdogs needed to hear this. Thanks, Autumn, and um, yeah, it was awesome. Thanks again for the opportunity. And that was another episode of Sheepdog Nation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and let us know by giving us a rating. If you have questions that you want answered by Autumn in the podcast, Submit it by going to the link in the show notes. As always, stay safe and watch your six.